The big question you need to ask yourself every day is, do I own a job or do I own a business? And unfortunately, the majority of contractors out there own a job. That's right, they're a slave to their own business. But the other side of the fence is so much greener, it's so much better, and that's when you're finally fully in control of your destiny, your freedom, your time, and that's what Contractor Secrets is about. It's about taking back our time, building a business with systems, standards, values, procedures, putting yourself in the driver's seat, and that's what it's about. So I'm excited. I'm happy to have you here. Let's dive into the Contractor Secrets Podcast. Welcome to the Trade Thrive Podcast. This is Tanner, your host, and today we are diving more into our sales process and something really just resonated with me about how a lot of contractors treat sales. And I think it has to do a lot with the lack of confidence in the sales approach. So what we're doing in these last few episodes, what we're doing now is kind of uncovering what it's going to take for you to develop a strategic sales process where you're just flowing with confidence about how it's supposed to go. When people feel that confidence and they feel that trust and professionalism, and in turn, it makes them want to hire you to do the job. So let's talk about an aspect of sales that really kind of just, uh, I would say, is is relevant across the board. And I got this concept when I was a waiter. My first job out of high school, I was a waiter at a sushi restaurant And this sushi restaurant was a very popular sushi restaurant. And I mean, these were the days where I had maybe $20, $30 in my pocket at any given time. So when I got the job as a server, you know, from a busboy, you know, at a different restaurant where I was making $7.25 an hour with no tips, which was crazy because, you know, what busboys don't get tipped, this specific place didn't do it. Anyway. So I got this job as a server at a sushi restaurant. And one thing that I learned, I mean, this was like the best sales experience for me because I'm 18 years old. You know, you're not really expecting sales in a restaurant. As an 18 year old, you're just like, oh, this is great. I get to serve people. You know, I was nervous. But what I realized was that like I had the ability to control my own income there. And I did so by learning the art of upselling and This can translate to anything, but I'm going to give you an example, kind of how it worked. So, you know, think about two scenarios. You have one scenario where in the restaurant you have this this server that comes up to you, he greets you, um, gives you a minute to look over the menu, asks you what you want to drink, and you tell him, okay, you know, I want want two waters, you know, whatever, you know, normally that's what people got. Um, Two waters or a soda or a sweet tea or something like that, right? And then, you know, it came time for them to come back and revisit you as you ordered uh, off the menu and you would pick, you know, what you want to eat. And for me, uh, I saw that and I'm thinking, well, you know, if I'm getting tipped off of percentages and if people are kind of just ordering their own things, majority of the people are budget conscious when they come into a restaurant. It's just the way it is. And I just let people control my income. Well, that's an issue, isn't it? So people would just order what they thought they wanted. So what I did was I completely changed my approach, right? So instead of waiting for people to tell me what they wanted to order, I'd say, you know, the first thing, like any of my sales experience trainings, I say, find out what the motivation is. And if, listen, if you transition from contracting into the restaurant business, you're getting some A1 training right here. Okay. So here's what I would do. I'd find out what the motivation was. So I'd say, Hey, you know, what's the occasion? And let's say someone said, Oh, it's our, our anniversary today. I said, great. Oh my goodness. So the first thing I would say is, you know, Hey, I don't, I don't know if you guys are interested in drinks, but we do have this chocolate martini 
that the bartender was really excited about. And it's only $7, but it is a phenomenal martini. They let all of us try a little taste of it. And I think you're really going to like it. So right there, um, I'm changing them from maybe they were just thinking about a sweet tea or a soda. And I would say, oh, you got to try this chocolate martini, <laughs> you know. And, you know, the lady would be like, oh, my gosh. She'd look at, you know, her her spouse or whoever and, she, and be like, oh, my gosh, that sounds great. So, you know, that would be uh, my first interaction of suggestive upselling. So then it would come time for them to order. And I'd say, you know, hey, you know, do you like the martini? Yeah, it was great. So do you trust me now? And she's like, yeah, well, I don't know if you guys have chosen and you said you were here for sushi. Do you mind if I tell you about some rolls uh, that are off the menu that you might like? And, you know, if it was their anniversary, I'd say, oh my goodness, there is this love roll, they call it. It comes in the shape of a heart. It has, you know, fried shrimp, cream cheese. And I would really just paint a picture about what that looked like to them. And, you know, they may have thought, well, I just want to get the California roll, which is like five bucks. But this off the menu roll was $16.95, right? And I would, I would change the dynamic of the way these people dined and create an experience and upsell and be suggestive. And, you know, I could have, you know, obviously made them have kind of like an average night, but my suggestive upselling gave them an above average night. They had a drink they never tried. They had a sushi roll that, you know, it, it was an exclusive roll that was a love roll on our anniversary. I mean, this is something that you're creating and that's an experience, right? So how do we transition this into contracting? It's pretty simple. You know, if you just follow the the, the path that I just laid out for you is you, you're finding the motivation, right? The motivation, you know, in, in some cases, I'd like to use the, the lived-in homeowner who wants to upgrade their house. So this is something that's really exciting, okay? And they invite you over, and we're using the pain analogy today. And they, they invite you over, and they say, you know what? I just want to freshen up the walls. You know, we're excited. We want to get the walls changed. You know, everything looks kind of drab. It's been a while, you know, and, and we really just want to freshen up the walls, and if you kind of went over as an order taker uh, and said, okay, that's great. So let me quote the walls for you. And you think you're doing a good job. Um, well, maybe that wall job comes out to two grand, right? Me, on the other hand, I'm saying, you know, Mr. And Mrs. Homeowner, you know, I know that their motivation is to freshen things up. I know that they want to achieve a really nice vision. And when you give people the option, you know, you have to realize that people will spend money to achieve a vision. That's why we're in business because people appreciate a vision. Look around you. I mean, that's why contractors exist. In most cases, some is to fix, but you know, for the majority of the people I'm talking to in this podcast, okay, we are talking about achieving a vision for people. So I come in and I say, "Oh, well, you know, I know you want the walls done, but you know, if you did these baseboards and door frames, the walls would just, I mean, it would just pop." Okay, let me show you some pictures of some houses I did. I mean, if you look here, your your baseboards and door frames, I mean, they could really use a fresh coat of paint. And now, I mean, we're talking about the difference between a $2,000 job to a $1,200 job. And I could say, you know what? And not only that, we use an acrylic semi-gloss enamel on there that's really resistant against scratching, peeling, uh, or, or, you know, scuff marks and things like that. So, they're going to – that's just a long-lasting paint product. And what I'm feeling on there now looks like it was just sprayed on during the new construction phase of when the house was built, right? So that suggestive upselling is something that you really need to get comfortable with. And you can't be afraid that if you do this, 
um, people are going to be like, oh, they're going to get scared of you and, and maybe take offense to the fact that you're trying to sell them. Okay. Because the, the purpose of it is that you know what their, their end goal is, right? So think about my analogy for the person in the restaurant. My end goal, they, their end goal was to have a really nice time on their anniversary. Great. So let me help you have a nice time on your anniversary by offering you a love roll instead of your lame California roll you were going to get. I'm going to give you a way better experience. Let me give you this chocolate martini instead of like a regular martini that you were going to order. You know, this is your anniversary, right? So I want to give this person who wants a perfect vision for their house the best experience possible. I know that if they get their baseboards and their door frames painted, it will be the best experience possible for them. It's going to look great. You want these nice walls and your baseboards and door frames that look like, you know, trash. No, you don't want that. So you need to get comfortable with suggestive upselling and being confident when you do this. And how do you how how are you confident when you do this? Well, let me give you a really good example. It's called knowing how to price it. And I think there's a lot of contractors out there that have no clue what to charge um, in terms of menu-based pricing. And that's why you guys who follow me, you know that I'm huge about menu-based pricing, is because I can upsell without stressing out if whether or not I'm going to be losing jobs. And if you don't have the calculator to help you do this, painters out there, if you don't have the calculator, it's free at sellpaintjobs.com. And what that'll do is help you develop menu-based pricing. So I know that if I go into a house and they want their walls done and I do that suggestive upselling, what is the response I'm going to get? Oh, well, could you give me a price for it, right? Because everyone has a number in their mind of what they wanted to spend. But Tanner comes in and says, well, maybe you should do this. And it changes that number. And they're thinking, oh my gosh, what's that going to be, right? So we want to have that number. Okay, yeah, could you give me a number? And absolutely, I'm going to give you a number. I'm not going to just give you one price and expect you to go with everything. Because you know what? You don't have to go for the chocolate martini. You don't have to go for the love roll. Not everyone's going to jump on those things. But there are a majority of people that will and appreciate it. So think about this. Oh, well, you know what, Tanner, you gave me a price for the baseboards and door frames. And I was, when you were out there working up the price, we thought about it. You know, what would it be to paint the doors? Oh, you want, the, you want me to give you a price on painting the doors? Sure, I'd love to. Or maybe you can suggest that. Say, hey, listen, maybe, you know, it might look good if you do the baseboards, the door frames, and the doors. Oh, well, that would be great. So, you know, we can transition this to other trades too. A lot of you guys know that I'm, I'm venturing into helping other trades because a lot of these principles are consistent. It doesn't matter what you're selling. I just gave you a restaurant analogy and we're bridging it into contracting and it works, right? So think about a flooring contractor. A flooring contractor comes in, you know, they just want to get new vinyl flooring. Okay, great. You know, I'm looking at your baseboards and you can either get cord around around your baseboards, which always looks kind of tacky. Or we can remove your baseboards, put five and a quarter baseboard on top of the vinyl. Wow, that is the vision that I think you would appreciate most. And would you like me to give you a price on that? Guys, this is suggestive selling. And you need to get comfortable with it because um, you know the more you sell, the more opportunity you have to grow your business. And the less work you have to do when it comes to canvassing for jobs, less marketing you need to spend. If I'm spending $1,000 on marketing to generate you know, let's say eight grand in business, which is a very horrible ratio. If, if that's you, please contact me. We will figure out a better plan. <laughs> but where I'm getting at is like, I would rather spend a thousand dollars on marketing to get 20,000 in business. And, you know, here's, a, here's another quick analogy for you to help bring this point home. If you have an average ticket size, and if you're listening to this, you need to know what your average ticket size is. Okay. You need to be calculating what that is 
averaging it out, knowing what your average is. So if you have an average ticket size of $2,000 for your, uh, for your projects, and let's say you do a hundred jobs, right? So now you're grossing 200,000 for the year. And let's say you add $500, right? So let's say you add $500 to every single job. Now your average ticket size goes from $2,000 to $2,500. That's an extra $50,000 in gross revenue just by $500 worth of extra work that you are intentionally trying to sell. Every house I go to, I'm looking for something to add on to what they thought they wanted. And if you do that for every single one, the average is automatically going to go up. So this is Tanner with Trade Thrive, guys. I appreciate you coming here, listening to this. Um, you know, I, I hope you appreciate some of my advice, some of my coaching. If you haven't already done so, I go over a lot of this in the Painting Business Sales Academy. You can find that at sellpaintjobs/pbsa. That's short for Painting Business Sales Academy. Do me a favor, if you could, please share this with three of your friends. Let's elevate the standard. And I'd love to see you in the Painting Contractor Elite Facebook group, guys, where I share some uh, more advice, information, connect with you. You know, and you guys know if you follow me, I'm an open book. So please reach out to me. You can email me at tanner at tradethrive.com or you can find me on Instagram at tradethrive. I appreciate you guys listening. This was suggestive upselling. And I look forward to sharing more sales tips, advice, and marketing principles here in the Trade Thrive podcast. Hey, I just want to take a second to thank you for joining me here on the Contractor Secrets podcast. Um, I'm just going to take this opportunity to let you know that my passion is coaching people, helping people. Um, I've changed my Instagram name to at contractor coach. And I did that because that is my passion. I want to help you. So please reach out to me. If you have an issue going on in your business, send me an email, find me on Instagram, message me, and let's do a breakthrough session. I want to work through your problems in your business to help you get to that next level. And, and one thing that I always say is this, you know, the difference between those that get over the humps and the hurdles in business is just a change in perspective. And that's what I plan to offer you. So Get with me, message me, allow me to help you take your business to the next level.